Good morning, church. I brought my bucket today. Did anybody else bring a bucket? <laughs> cool. A purse? Yeah, that works. Whatever it takes. Praise God. We are uh, excited about our 21 days. The next 21 days, we are going to dedicate ourselves as a church to prayer and seeking God and seeking His will, uh, not only for our church, but for our community, for our lives personally. And, and I just want to kind of talk to you about that today uh, and, and talk a little more about what I talked about last week. Last week, I began uh, talking about how God, um, God loves everybody. Hello, John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Thank you very much. He doesn't just love the church, but he loves the world. He loves the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God didn't send Jesus to condemn, but that the world should, through him should receive that life. Praise God. God. God has a great life he wants you to have. And so uh, God created you to experience greatness. God created you to experience greatness. And no matter how old you are, no matter how much you weigh, no, no matter how, what you like or, or dislike, what your, what your personal desires are, God created you to have something great going on in your life. So last week we talked about this, and I, I, I brought this picture up here. We talked about the fact that when God created us, he created us with a, with a big old hole in the middle of us. Just like this picture, he created us to be filled with something. The scripture says that when God created man, he formed man out of the dust of the ground, and then he breathed into man. How many of you know if you're going to put something into something, it has to have an empty space to put it into, right? So he breathed into man the breath of life. And the scripture says man came alive. Man became a living soul. Praise God. What caused man to become this living soul? It was the breath of God. It was the spirit of God. The Hebrew word is ruach. And, and, it, and it's translated in different ways. But spirit or breath, either one are, are good translations of that. So God breathed into man the breath of life. He breathed into the empty space, and he filled man up. What was the result of man becoming full of God? Life, praise God. So, so uh, we talked last week about the reality that God wants to fill each one of us with life. And he wants us to experience life. We have a couple of, couple of scriptures I, I want to I wanna share with you this morning. But before I do that, I did you all a favor You kind of, your reaction says you don't really believe that I did you a favor, but here we go anyway. Where, did I lose Ed? Where did Ed go? Okay, I've got Ashley. There we go. Would you pass those out to this side? And, well, and Jay, you do that. I was going to have guys do it, but you know, we're not sexist around here, so we just let everybody. So uh, I printed these out for you, and these are actually notes from, for, that base, based on my sermon notes. Um, and I have been working on this sermon, thinking about it, and then uh, I realized uh, this morning, actually, that I had about twice as many notes as I needed. And so I cut a bunch of stuff out of my notes, and, and I thought, there's no way that if, the, if people are note-takers, and, which I know you are, because I pray that over you, and I speak that over you, you know, that you hear from God and you write it down, like the scripture says. Um, 
when you, when you take the vision, you write it down so you can run and read it. And so uh, when, when you hear from God, you need to write those things down. So I, I printed these out. They're just, just kind of a little outline that you can, you can fill out, and that way you don't have to write down everything I have to go through today because I have a whole lot of Scripture to address. But I, I, I wanted you to, to give you that opportunity. There should be some pins around you there. If you don't have a pin with you, there should be one in the back of a chair. Anybody need a pin? Everybody got a pen that needs one? Okay, so here we go. Here's the reality. Oh, give me, give me one of those. Do you have any left? I'll make sure that I don't skip anything that's actually on your notes. Okay, my notes start out by saying God has a great deal more for your life than you are currently experiencing. God has a great deal more for your life than you are currently experiencing. And joining in 21 days of prayer is a great place to start believing him for all that he has for you. Ed talked about us believing God for what, he, for what we want from him, but God also has something that he believes. And God wants to get what he believes on the inside of you. God, God believes in you. He believes in your life. He believes in you being full of the Spirit. He believes in you experiencing prosperity. He believes in you uh, experiencing healing. He believes in you experiencing good things in your life. That's God's desire for you. And God wants you to get full of that. And, and, and become so full of it that it begins to minister life to you and you begin to make good choices aligning with his will that help you to live that life. And that's what this 21 days is about. It's about making a connection with God and disconnecting ourselves in some ways from the things that we have been filling ourselves with. So here's, here's the reality. You were created empty. God breathes into this empty vessel and what happens? Man becomes a living soul. Mankind become, becomes alive. Why? Because of the Spirit of God. But what happens many times is we get lots of other stuff uh, in, in, our, in our bucket. And so today, uh, since we talked about pictures last week, today I brought my bucket. Um, isn't it pretty? Nice and galvanized and everything. Here's the reality, though. Uh, we, what we have to do is be empty. To be filled. You know, in the scripture, the, the scripture says that we should constantly be being filled. What does that mean? If you're constantly being filled, then you must constantly be pouring out also, right? But here's the problem many times in life. We, we want God to do something in our lives, and we, we even ask God to do something in our lives. We come to church uh, wanting God to do something in our lives. But here's what happens many times. God goes to pour his spirit out on us, and the problem is we're already full of something else. So what we've got to do is begin to make decisions to remove from our lives some things that might be filling us up. And that's what prayer and fasting is about. Prayer and fasting is about uh, connecting, making a connection with God, and allowing him to begin to uh, fill us up in some areas maybe that we have filled ourselves up with. What happens? We were created with desires. We were created with wants. And, and, and guess what? God is the one who is supposed to meet those desires and those wants in our lives. It's following him and the, and the impact that he makes on our lives that's supposed to help us do that. But what happens is we kind of try to find more convenient ways because seeking God is kind of a hassle. So what we do is we, we, we try to come up with other things to fill ourselves with because we don't have time for God right now. But, you know, we, we just need a little something in our lives. And so what happens is we fill our buckets up with all kinds of stuff. And, and we think, uh, you know, what I really, really need right now 
and what would, what would just make me feel good about myself and feel good about my life. I've been having a hard day. It's been a hard day at work. Tough things have been going on. If I just had a Snickers. If I just had a you know, and, and then sometimes we, we get to the place where we, where we think this way. I need a Snickers. Have you ever caught yourself saying, I need, I need a cup of coffee. Anybody need a Snickers right now? Snickers, Snickers, Snickers. Nobody needs a Snickers. I was going to throw it out, but Alex does. Okay, there we go, Alex. By the way, that's a spinach filled, uh, it's spinach and broccoli filled Snicker, Alex. It's, it's a new, it's a new thing. Uh, so uh, we had dinner with Alex last night. He doesn't eat it. If, if it's green, he doesn't eat it. So, you know, just, just right. So, so that's what happens many times. We, we, we want God to do something in our lives. But what, what we do so often is we react to, to a desire or we react with a need and we, we allow something else to take the place. And so our bucket gets full. Sometimes, you know, you wake up in the morning and you just think, man, I need, I need some coffee, right? I, I just need a cup of coffee. And if I had a, you know, if I just, yeah, man, I know that I'd feel a lot better about myself if I had some coffee. So if I can just, if I can just get some coffee, I know, I know I'd feel better. And sometimes we go through the day, you know, it's just like, man, I've worked and worked and worked and, and I just need some energy in the middle of the afternoon. What I really, really need is an ultraviolet monster energy drink. You know, I know if, if I get an energy drink, life's going to get better. I need an energy drink, right? I, I need coffee. I need an energy drink. Mountain Dew, she said. <laughs> so, so maybe, and, and what do we do? Well, if I just had an energy drink, I would feel so much better. So what do we do? Do we go to God and say, hey, God, I need to be filled up. No, we say, don't worry, God. I, I need something, but I got it. Hello? Because for two fifty nine, I can buy an energy drink. I didn't know energy drinks cost $2.59. So I was on my way to church this morning and bought that one. But, uh, for two fifty nine, I can buy an energy drink. And, 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 it's, and I know that that energy drink is going to take care of me. And I don't have to, like, pour my heart out to God. I don't have to talk to God. I don't have to take some extra time, you know. It just takes a couple minutes to pop the lid, right? And, and start drinking that puppy down, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna feel so much better. But you know, if you, once you start drinking energy drinks, the problem is that you really need something salty, right? I, I just gotta have, I gotta have a little bit of salt, you know, to offset that. So you know, here, here we go. Need it. If only I had some nacho cheese Doritos, right? Then, then my life would be good. And we just keep sticking stuff and filling stuff in it, you know. And then after you have your nacho cheese Doritos, you, you probably need a grandma's peanut butter. Uh, peanut, but, peanut butter. Yeah, I, I, I got if I had a peanut butter cookie, and I know that you're a, a real a fan of uh, store bought cookies, so you can throw that away on your way out. Um, if I had a, you know, if I just had a cookie, or you know, if I had a, one of these, or if I had a, one of those. Here you go. You know, I just need something so that I'll feel good about myself, and I'll fill my bucket up. And then you get through the day, you know, and it, and at night you you go home and you think, well. You know, I just, I just need, I, 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 really, I really need to make some emotional connections. I, I, my, my emotions are feeling a little empty and my emotions are feeling a little low. So, so you know, I, I, I think I'll just reach out and, and read a, a good book that will help me feel good about this. And I, Dark Desires After Dusk. I, I find... <laughs> Zach is like begging for this book. <laughs> 
Dark Desires After Dusk. Can you believe they even have a book with that title? Um, I did not go out of my way to purchase this book. I just printed a copy of it, you know, something, and, and put it on. Uh, actually, a book on Aristotle and Nicomachean ethics is, is what that's covering. But Dark Desires After Dusk. You know, if I just, I just need my emotional needs met. I need... I need, to, I need to get filled up, you know, I just need to feel better about myself. And then, and then sometimes we just pull out our phones, right? And we think, I better go and see if anybody's liked me today. <laughs> Hello? Because, because I just feel so much, you know, I worked really hard at, at posting something on Facebook that, that everybody would enjoy, and I just need to know, does anybody like me? Gotta go to Instagram. Does anybody like that picture I took of me buying my monster energy drink this morning, you know, or my cup of coffee that I posted this morning? Is anybody out there liking me? Am I making any new friends over, over my phone? And maybe if that doesn't get it, you know, it's like, well, I, nobody really likes me on there. I'll just find somebody real quick, like online, you know? And if I can't find somebody, maybe I'll find a video of somebody online. You know, I just have to have my, my needs met. I just have to have my needs met. What's that all about? Well, well, the problem is that we are so good at filling our own buckets. We were created to be filled with the Spirit of God, but we, we go out of our way. I don't, somebody will get that after church, I'm sure. We go out of our way. You have to drink it before sundown. Because the fast starts at sundown, right? So, so <laughs> here's the deal. Why do, we, why do we talk about fasting? Why do we talk about praying? I remember when I first really began to work on my relationship with God. Um, and and I, I realized that God was good. I realized the goodness of God. I realized the mercy of God. And I just wanted more of him in my life. So I decided I was going to fast. Well, there was a problem in my household. I still live with my parents and just... just finishing up college, living with my parents. And there was a problem because if I fasted, they were going to find out about it. And uh, they, were from, they were from a background of people who didn't fast. And they kind of, kind of had the thought process that if you were a person who fasted or a person who gave something up for God, then you were just being a little too, you know, you were just really over the edge a little bit. You know, you just, you really have some problems. You've got a spiritual you know, you're just getting a little too religious. And so, so, so I had to kind of try to hide the fact that I was fasting, but that's hard to do when you don't come to the dinner table, right? And so my sister came back and she said, how come you're not eating? And I said, I, I just don't really want to eat tonight. And I, I'm good and I don't need anything. And she said, are you fasting? <laughs> and I had to, well, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. I'm fasting. I guess since I'm fasting, I won't lie to you about it, right? Since I'm trying to be spiritual, I won't lie. So, so, so uh, the, the, the thought process many times about fasting is, well, that's something that people did in the Old Testament. That was something that people did a long time ago. But what happens is that, that fasting is, is a time of putting aside what we've been filling ourselves up with. What have you been filling yourself up with? It's time of putting, our, putting ourselves aside, putting what we want aside, and allowing God to begin to fill us up with what it is that he desires for us. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to go ripping through some scriptures now. John 10.10, 10, one, one of our principal scriptures around here, because we like to talk about abundant life. Jesus said the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Here's, here's the deal, guys. Sometimes the thief is able to steal and kill and destroy us by what he gets us to do. To allow it. 
So the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. What does God want you to have? He wants you to have a rich and satisfying life. Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. We've been looking a lot at 1 John 3, 8 around here lately. 1 John 3, 8 says, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Well, what are the works of the devil? Stealing, killing, and destroying. Jesus came to put an end to that in your life. Jesus came to put an end to that in your life. So if you are finding your satisfaction, your, your needs being met by, by the world around you, by the relationships with people, by, by the things that you're, that you're eating or the shopping that you're doing or the pornography that you're looking at or, or you know, j- just what, whatever it is that you're using to fill your bucket up that was created to be filled with the Spirit of God, then you need to really begin to think about that because what's happening is you're opening a door to the enemy for him to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus came to put an end to that. And so Jesus wants to put an end to that in your life. He wants to put an end to that in my life. So our, our, our mission statement as a church is to equip people to experience the abundant life that God desires for him. Why would we, why would we start off the year talking about fasting and praying? Because our mission statement is to help people, to uh, equip people to experience the life that God desires for them. And what we've got to do many times is get rid of the desires that we're running after and what we desire for ourselves so that we can get filled up with what it is that God wants for us. Jesus came to end the enemy eating our lives up uh, and, and filling us up with stuff and failing to receive what it is that God has for us. So Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We talked about this last week. How did Jesus destroy the works of the devil? Think about this. How did Jesus destroy the works of the devil? Jesus was able to accomplish the enemy's destructions by introducing people to faith. And faith, you might, you might want to write this down, faith is the ability to trust God. Faith is the ability to trust God. Did you know that the scripture says many times, you've probably even confessed this over yourself, you've read it, you've read it in a book, my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus came to help people understand that they don't have to have faith in God based upon who they are, but that they can exercise faith in God based upon who he is and what he wants to do in people's lives. So Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. How did he do that? He did that by announcing to people and helping people to have an understanding of God, that God cared about them, that God didn't so much care about what they were doing as he did about them. And the reason that God cares about what we do is that what we do can result in us not experiencing the life that God desires for us to have. So, so, so we have to begin to put ourselves off from that. So, so how, do we, how, do we have, how do we become those people of faith who are believing and trusting in God so that I, I don't have to have a monster energy drink to make it through the day, or I don't have to have a beer, or I don't have to, I, I, I don't have, to have some medicinal marijuana, or, you know, or, or to pop a pill in my mouth, or whatever it is that, that I've been using to fill myself up and take care of my needs. How do I begin to live that life? Well, the scripture says that faith, the ability to trust God, everybody say that, faith, the ability to trust God, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ or hearing through through the word. It it comes through hearing about who God is and what God wants to do. We we grow in faith when we begin to see who God is and, and what he really wants to do in our lives. God doesn't want to send you to hell. 
God doesn't want you to die of cancer. God, God doesn't want you worrying about your finances all the time. That's not the life God has for you. God has something better for you. And, and if, you, if you need to change your thought processes about that, what you need to do is fill yourself up with what it is that God has to say. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The ability to trust in God comes from hearing what it is that God is saying. And we've got to begin to, in, in, instead of, and, and this is the deal, guys, this is where the rubber meets the road, instead of filling ourselves up with everything that the world has to offer and then still feeling empty, what we've got to do is begin to start pulling the stuff, stop putting stuff in our buckets that keeps us from, from hearing from God. We've got, we've got to stop when, when, we, when we feel that need, feel, F-E-E-L, that need, We've got to begin to think about how that need can be filled, F-I-L-L-E-D, right? Instead of uh, uh, being motivated by our feelings, we need to motivate, motivate ourselves by being filled and, and, and allow that to begin to change that, that in our lives. So the practice of seeking God. The practice of seeking to hear from God, to hear God's voice, to know what it is God wants from our lives. The practice of seeking God results in our hearing and understanding what God wants to do in our life and how we can involve ourselves in a way that provides his desired results. So God, you know, many, many times people say, well, if God wants to save me, he'll just save me. No, I'm sorry, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that God does want to save you, but you've got to make a decision to receive salvation. Well, if God wants me to fill me with the Holy Spirit, he'll just fill me up, you know. It's not about what I do. It is about what you do because you have to exercise faith in God. You have to begin to exercise faith. Uh, you, have to, you have to begin to trust him and say, God, I'm trusting you. God, I am looking to you. God, speak to me. God, you give me direction. God, I was created to be filled with your spirit, not peanut butter cookies. And so we have to sometimes begin to put down the peanut butter cookies so we can feel the hunger that we need to feel, feel, and then get our answer from him instead of from peanut butter cookies or Snickers or, or a cup of coffee or, or a snack drink. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? What we've got to do is stop filling ourselves up with what the world offers us to make us feel okay about ourselves. Whether that's a pat on the back, whether that's you know somebody liking your post, whatever it is that you've been using to fill yourself and feel okay about yourself, Guess what? God said you're okay. God says, God says you're amazing. God believes you're amazing. You can't make yourself any more amazing. But what you can do is begin to make choices that will fill you with amazingness. So, so what we've got to do is, is begin to take time in our lives and periods in our lives where we're not filling ourselves with stuff and instead looking to God 
to fill us with faith, to fill us with truth, to fill us with love, to, to fill us with his spirit. So, so we, we talked about this last week, the practice of seeking God, hearing, understanding what God wants to do in our life, and, and, and gives us the opportunity, provides us uh, with, with a way that produces his desired results. A couple of scriptures, we're not going to throw them on the screen, Joshua 1.8 it says, this book of instruction shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may see how to do what's written in it. If you will meditate, if you'll spend some time meditating on God's word and letting God begin to reveal his word and speak to you about his word, you'll begin to see how to do what it is that you need to do so that you don't need a Snickers, so that you don't need alcohol, so that you don't need pornography, so that you don't need to do an online shopping binge, so that you can feel okay about yourself. I just feel so much better about myself. I need a new pair of shoes. And, you know, if I just had a new pair of shoes, then I would feel good. But, but that new pair of shoes is not going to take care of the innate need in your life. What you really, really need is to hear the voice of the Lord and begin to respond so that you can begin to be filled with the good results that God wants to bring into your life. Are you with me this morning? So, so uh, in John the 8th chapter, Jesus said, the scripture says, John eight thirty one. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, these people did what? They believed in him. Jesus said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, praise God. Disciples aren't simply believers. Disciples are people who do what Jesus said in John eight thirty one. They believe. They remain faithful to the word. They know that they come to know the word that the word know in the Greek is, is uh, epinosis, and it means to know by experience. They begin to know the word by experience. You will know the truth. You will know the truth by experience. Why? Because you've started working with the truth. You've started walking in the truth. You've started making decisions based on the truth of what God says to you. You've started aligning your life with the vision that God has for you. You will ex know by experience that truth. And the result is that truth will make you free. It's not the truth you know about that will set you free. It's the truth that you know by experience. So, so, so it's important that we, that we begin to really begin to seek and set ourselves apart for this, this time of truth. So what, 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 is, what, is, uh, what, is, what is this we want to do for 21 days? For 21 days, we're asking you to, to, to pray, to pray, to pray, to pray, to pray. Pray and, and, and begin to seek God and say, God, I need you to speak to me. God, I need some direction from you. God, I need some insight from you. God, I need some wisdom from you. And you, and you might be here this morning and say, I already have all that stuff. I don't need any stuff. Then pray for me because I don't have all that stuff. Pray for Pastor Jay, okay? Pray for Pastor Donna. Pray for, pray for, pray for the ministry team. Pray for our church. Everybody didn't have their life together as much as you do. So if you don't need prayer for you, then start praying for us. Pray for us to have a vision that comes from God. Pray and ask God, you know, God, you may be the answer to something I'm praying about. God may be able to speak to you and impart through you something to me that will change my life and, and change our ministry here. So, so, so be open to receiving and, and hearing from God. Well, we talked about prayer last week. I'm going to touch on it for just a, a, a minute. The word prayer, the Greek word translated prayer in the, in the New Testament, the Greek word entuxis, 
It means to fall in with or meet together with. And the other word is prosukamai. Prosukamai means to exchange wishes with. To exchange wishes with. Now, that, that doesn't mean that, that I tell God what I wish for and he tells me what he wishes for exactly. What it means is I go to God and I present my wishes to him and God gives, takes my wishes out of my way and places his wishes in my heart. So prayer is about getting ourselves changed on the inside, having our wishes, having what we're hoping for, having what, we, what we're desiring to, 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 to change in our lives. It's about allowing God to begin to speak to us. Prayer is not just about telling God what you want. It's about giving your wants to God and letting God give his wants to you. It's, it's a joint communication. The word communication means with oneness, with unity, calm with Unication, coming together as one. Unity, with unity. It means we come together as, we're coming together as one. If we really have communication, we don't just talk at one another. We talk to one another. We talk with one another. We listen and we allow the impact of the other's words to, to, to make a change in our own hearts and our lives. And God is the one who wants to impact you with his vision, with his purpose, and with his plan. Have my time's up. I haven't even got past my first page. You guys better write fast. So prayer is about letting God plant his wishes in my heart. Having a meeting with God where he plants his wishes, his desires in my heart. Well, well then what is, what is fasting? Fasting is about taking a, a period of time. Literally, fat, the word fast means to quit doing something. So, so when we go to bed at night, we get up the next morning, we haven't eaten for eight hours, what do we eat? Break, break fast, right? We break our fast. We, we start eating again, so we have, we have breakfast. So, so fasting literally means to stop doing something, but spiritually to fast means to stop putting everything in our bucket and filling ourselves up with stuff. So I'm going to stop filling myself up with every kind. I just need some meat. I, I, what I really need is some broccoli. A homegrown tomato. I just need a homegrown tomato. Fasting is about saying, I'm not going to fill myself up with what I, with what I want so, so that what I want will make me feel good about myself. I'm going to stop making me feel good about myself by taking care of my needs. Fasting is about saying, I'm not going to take care of this. I'm going to give myself to God and let him take care of this. I'm not going to drink this. I'm not going to smoke that. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to buy that because that would replace what it is that I need God to do in my life. We have way too many God replacements in America, way too many idols. We've, we've made up too many things that, that we use to replace it. So the Bible tells us the story of Daniel. And, and, and um, well, I skipped this. I skipped this in the notes. In the Bible, fasting is seen as, as being synonymous with taking on humility. What does it mean? It, well, it means exactly the thing I just said but didn't say. When I take on humility, I say, I'm going to humble myself, and I'm not going to be my God. I'm not going to meet my need. I'm not going to take care of my wants and desires and feel better about myself because I shoved a piece of chocolate cake down my face. Or because I spent some money on myself, or because somebody else liked me or patted me on the back. You understand what I'm saying? 
when, when, we, when we begin to fast, what, we, what we're saying is, I'm not going to meet my own needs. I'm going to look to God to meet my needs. I'm going to stop trusting in food to make me feel good. I'm going to stop trusting in drink. I'm going to stop trusting in all the things I trust. I'm going to set myself apart. Now, when we, when we talk about fasting, we talk about 21 days of fasting, uh, hopefully, hopefully you get this and, and understand this. I'm not asking you to not eat or drink anything for the next 21 days. I am not asking you to not eat or drink anything for the next 21 days. What I would like for you to do is, is begin to fi- figure out in your life, what, what is it that I, that I use to make myself okay? And instead of taking the time and the energy to do that, I'm going to fast from that thing. I'm going to separate myself from it, and I'm going to look to God, and I'm going to ask him to take care of my need instead of me taking care of my need. Now, for me personally, I'm going to do what we call around here the Daniel Fast, what is well known as the Daniel Fast. And, and it's, a fast, it's, it's a fast from meat and, and animal products. Um, you know, I, I'm going to fast cheese because grilled cheese sandwiches are a source of such great joy and, and, <laughs> and wonderment for my life, especially with bacon and a little ham thrown in, you know, just to, so, 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 so there, there are things I'm not going to eat for a period of time. What are we, what are you going to do? Well, you know, you can do two things when you fast. You can get really hungry and get mad at people and angry and start yelling at people, or you can spend some time praying and getting yourself filled up and, and find out what you need. If you find yourself getting angry, if you find yourself getting irritated when you're fasting because your body isn't getting what it wants and your body's kind of yelling at you, hey, I didn't have any caffeine today. We're going to hurt for a while. We're going to exert a little pain in your life because, you know, you're not giving me what I want. I didn't have enough sugar. So, you know, and, and our bodies begin to try to manipulate us. Our bodies begin to manipulate us, right? Why? Because our bodies are used to getting what they want. We have a dog at our house who's used to getting what he wants. We're working on that. We had kids who liked what they wanted, but we kicked them all out. We don't have any kids living in our house anymore. So we got a dog, you know, just to feel okay with ourselves emotionally, you know, somebody to sit on my lap and look up to me with big brown eyes, you know. And, and so, so what's gonna, what, what happens? What happens? We, get, we, we allow things to come into our lives to manipulate us. And one of the chief manipulators in your life is the body that God gave you. That's why Paul said, you know, I buffet my body. He, that word's not buffet, right? I buffet my body. I keep my body under. I don't let my body do what it wants to do. You are not your body. You are not your body. Don't let your body run your life. You are not your emotions. Do not let your emotions run your life. So, so, so it, it, fasting is a process of saying, I'm not going to let this tell me what to do anymore. I'm going to let God tell me what to do. I'm going to let God tell me what to do. Daniel, the ninth chapter. So, so we're humbly seeking God and we're saying, we're saying God, how, how, does fa- how does fasting produce humility? I could take you all through the scriptures again, but I talked about it last week. Humility is, I'm not going to take care of my need. I'm not going to make me feel okay. That makes sense to you? I'm not going to be God in this situation. Many times, you know, we say, we need God to do something. Well, what about all this other stuff? Well, I'm taking care of all the really important stuff. I just need God to take care of this one big thing I can't take care of. Hello? Fasting is saying, hey, 
I need God to take care of everything. I'm going to stop meeting my needs. I'm going to let him meet my needs. Okay, Daniel, the ninth chapter. So Daniel is, is searching scripture, and he, and he finds a prophecy about, about uh, Jerusalem and how Jerusalem is going to come under attack, and it's going to be held back for, for a period of seven years. And he realizes, hey, the 70 years are up. What's happened? Daniel is reading a word from God. He's reading prophecies, God-given prophecies, and he realizes as he's reading it, hey, it's time for what God said to happen to happen. Have any of you ever had a revelation like that in your own life? I've been taking care of my health pretty well, but suddenly I can't quite get it together anymore. I need God to do something, you know. And so I read the Bible and it says, with his stripes I was healed. I need God to do what he said he would do. So probably the problem, listen guys, when we have a problem uh, 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 reconciling ourselves to the truth of God's word, the problem isn't on God's end. The problem is, isn't on God's end. So, so we, what we've got to do is say, okay, God said this was going to happen. This is what's happening, not, which is not what God said. So I need to talk to God about this. Hello? I need to go to God, and instead of taking a pill to take care of it, instead of getting this thing done to take care of it, instead of doing that thing to take care of it, what I need to do is go to God and say, God, this is what you promised. Why isn't this happening in my life this way? God, I'm, I'm going st- to fast from meeting my own needs. I'm going to fast from taking care of my problems. And I'm going to look to you. And sometimes if you, people hear uh, people say things like what I'm saying right now, maybe teachers or preachers, and they think, well, I need to stop taking my pills or I need to stop wearing my glasses. No, what you need to do is, is, is to stop trusting in your pills and to stop trusting in your, in your glasses. You know, we had, a, we had a lady wake up one day and she said, I can't see when I put my glasses on. Well, what do I do about that? Take your glasses off. She was like, I can see without my, what happened? See, when your physical need gets met, when, when something physically happens to you, when God, when God manifests something in your life, that's when, you know, when, you're, when your pills start making you sick instead of making you feel better. <laughs> but, you know, when, 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 you're, when, when the medication they gave you starts, your doctor will tell you to stop taking those pills when healing manifests, right? You understand what I'm saying? Your pills... Pills were not, it's impossible for pills to heal you. It's impossible for doctors to heal you. All those things do is try to get you aligned with the will of God so that your healing can manifest because your body was created to heal itself. Right? And, and if we get filled up with God, beautiful things can begin to happen the way God wants them to, okay? So stop trying to fix yourself. Daniel goes to God and he, he, he says, he, 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 he discovered that there was a problem. Jerusalem was in trouble. He says in Daniel 9, 3, I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer, and pleased for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, 
O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. God, we've messed up. We acted wickedly. We rebelled. We turned aside from your commandments and rules. God, we messed up, and so we're not inheriting the promises that you gave us. God, it's not that you screwed up. You know, so, so many times people get that, get that thought process. Well, how come God didn't do this? God is not our problem. Most times our problem is us. Sometimes our problem is who we've hung out with or who we are hanging out with and the influence they've had on our lives. But God is not your problem. Maybe something happened through an accident. That's not God doing that. God promises things, and, and, and what his promises often contain the keys that will unlock his promises and allow them to flow into our lives. So we need to become responsive to what it is that God's saying to us. Psalm 81.8 says this, Listen to me, O my people, while I give you stern warnings. O Israel, if you would only listen to me. Verse 10, open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. What's God saying? Listen to me and then open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. But the problem, verse 11, no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel didn't want me around. They, they filled their lives up with other things. I was getting in their way. Verse 12, so I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. God says, oh, that my people would listen to me all that Israel would follow me walking in my paths. God's like, I wish they'd just do what I want them to do, but they won't even listen to me. God says, if they will open their mouths and ask me, I can do some amazing things in their lives, but they're not looking for me to take care of them. They're not looking for me to do the amazing things. They're looking for someone else to do the amazing thing. They're looking for something else to do the amazing thing. They're looking for something else to make them feel okay about themselves. That's what we've got to change about us. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, very well-known passage of Scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. You know what we, we do many times? We read that Scripture and we say, well, I'm going to pray and seek God's face. But I don't know about that humility thing. That sounds a little Old Testament to me. The, 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 word, the Hebrew word for humble very often is translated in the Bible as fast. They humbled themselves. What does that mean? They fasted. They stopped doing what made them feel okay with themselves. They humbled themselves and prayed. They sought his face, turned from their wicked ways. What happened? God says, I'll hear from, hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. What place is that? It's that place where our hearts got right. Because we stopped fighting God for what we wanted to happen, and we began to allow God to speak into our lives about what needed to happen so that blessing can flow, okay? Second Chronicles, oh, I'm sorry, I read that. Second Chronicles 2020 says this. Second Chronicles 2020, 2020, 2020 says this. Listen to me, all you people of Jude and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. You will have success. The, the King James says, you will prosper. Listen to what God's 
prophets are saying. Listen to Scripture. Fill yourselves up with what it is that God is speaking and begin to align your life with what God wants to do. Back, back to the heart of Daniel, Daniel 9, verse 3. Daniel says, so, so I'm crying out to God. Verse 3, I turn my face to God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession. And in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three, for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. That's where we get the idea of the Daniel fast, the 21 days. Daniel says, I set myself apart for 21 days. I was crying out for God. God, you said you'd do this. God, you said you wanted to do this. God, show me how I've messed that up and kept that from happening. Because I know the problem's not on your end. The problem's on my end. Right? What are we doing? We're getting our hearts right. We're stopped saying, I'll take care of things. God, I, I've got this one under control. I'm saving you back for the big stuff. The problem is we've become us dependent. We've become alcohol dependent, marijuana dependent, <laughs> drug dependent, uh, you know, uh, socially dependent, emotionally dependent. We've become dependent on everything but God. And we look at people who are dependent on God and think they're the weird ones. And what we've got to do is begin to make a choice. I'm going to stop being dependent on other things and other people. I'm going to surround my life with dependence on the Almighty God. I'm going to do what it is that God desires for me to do. I'm going to have a change of heart. So we've, we've got to have a word from the Lord to, to empower us to experience the changes God wants to give in our lives, right? Proverbs 29, 18 says this, the King James Version, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law, that the word law there is, is uh, the Hebrew word, the Torah, and it literally means instruction. He that keeps instruction, happy is he. Where there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the instruction, happy is he. If I don't have a vision that came from God about what needs to be going on in my life, I'm not going to keep the instruction, and my life is going to be unhappy. The New Living Translation, Proverbs 29, 18. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law or the instruction is joyful. The NIV, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. We've got to become people who are looking to hear from God and make application of the truth that God has for us. We've got, we got to let that happen. In Luke, the 18th chapter... Jesus, speaking to the issue of humility, Luke chapter 18, verse 9, it says, Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness, their own abilities, and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God. I'm not like other people. I'm not a cheater, a sinner, an adulterer. I'm certainly a lot like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And Jesus says this, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. Verse 14 for those who exalt themselves will be humbled. 
and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I heard a preacher say one time, if you, if you will do your job of humbling yourself, then God won't be forced to. So many times we get humbled because we did something stupid and the whole world finds out about it. Wouldn't it be cool if everybody in this room started to stop doing stupid stuff? Jay, I know that you guys haven't been married very long, but this is when you're supposed to elbow him when I say stuff like that. Wouldn't it be cool if everybody in this room stopped doing stupid stuff? Here you go. There you go. So <laughs> she has to be forceful to get your attention. <laughs> What if we started doing what God wanted us to do? What if we stopped looking to us to take care of ourselves? What if we stopped meeting our own needs? What if we opened our hearts and our minds and our lives to Christ and just said, God, speak into my life? And we said, well, you know, that's all, that's all okay, but I really don't feel like I need to be a person who fasts. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. Well, Jesus said this in Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 16, speaking to his disciples, and when you fast... Jesus said, and when you fast, everybody say this with me, those three words, when you fast, notice that Jesus did not say, if you fast, he said, when you fast. The, the, the culture uh, in that day was a culture of fasting. It was a part of, it was a part of Jewish culture, a part of, a part of Hebrew culture. People fast, spent times of fasting, part of the religious uh, uh, the religious doctrine of the Jews was, was spending times of fasting and praying. Jesus did not question if people were going to fast. He said, when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. They try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. You look terrible. Are you fasting? Yes, I'm just seeking God. I tell you the truth. You just got your reward. Well, good for you seeking God. Skip another burrito. It'll be great. Right? When you fast, don't make it obvious, Jesus said. Next scripture. Is this the next scripture? Verse 17. When you fast, again, Jesus says this. When you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, and people won't notice that you're fasting except your father who knows in private. Why, what are you fasting for? I'm fasting so that I can hear from God what I need to do in my life, what changes I need to make. So, so I'm entering this time of not taking care of myself, allowing God to speak into my life. Fasting is a choice to not live for physical pleasure or that which we are able to provide for ourselves. It is the choice to look to God for his word to be given to us and for his desire to be birthed in our hearts. So as we embark on this 21 days, for the next 21 days, starting at sundown tonight, many of us will be fasting. I'm not specifying what people have to fast or what, they, what they're supposed to do. On Wednesday nights for the next, for the next month or so, we're going to be providing a meal at 6 o'clock. It's going to be fast-friendly. So uh, if, if you want to come and have dinner with us, uh, we, we will have some food that's good 
and it's healthy. And, and, and if, you're, if you're participating in the fast, you can come, come eat with us. If you're not participating in the fast, you can come eat with us and find out that it's not really about making yourself miserable. So, so, so we, 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 want us, we want us to join together and, and, and spend some time, a period of time where we're praying, where we're seeking God and asking God to show us what is it that we need to do. If you don't need, any, if you don't need to pray any for wisdom for you, be praying for wisdom for us. We have an upcoming building project that we, we, we want to we wanna make sure that we, we do the timing right and get some things going, going together right. We have some good things that we're expecting God and believing God to do. We just need some wisdom and insight from God about how to do it. Let's, let's pray together as a church. And then there's this. Uh, we need to evangelize this community. And, and we need to become better evangelists. We need to become better evangelists. And so let's fast and pray about that and ask God, God, how can we have a greater impact on our community? How can we have a greater impact at Northeastern? How can we have a greater impact on our school system? How can we have a greater impact on the people who shop at Walmart, right? Not just the people at the day center or the people who come to Kansas Grace. But God, we want to we have an impact. Help us to make a spiritual impact. We want to bring people to you. I'm going to end with this, Matthew, the fourth chapter. The first verse, it says this, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. And during that time the devil came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I want want to end this morning with this thought. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Life comes from receiving what God has to say to you. Life is the result of responding to the voice of God. That abundant life, that good life that God wants you to have. You know, if, if, you need, if you need wisdom for how to deal with situations with, with other people, how to deal with relationships, whatever's going on in your life, God has the answer. Life will be the result of you hearing from and responding to God. So I want to encourage you, get involved in that process. God loves you right where you are. Even if you've never confessed Jesus as your Lord, God loves you. And he wants to bring change into your life. Even if you've been saved for 60 years, he wants to bring change into your life. You're the one that gets to decide whether God's going to be able to do that or not. So I encourage you today, make good choices. Spend some time listening to God. Stop taking care of yourself and begin to let God take care of you some areas of your life. Spend some time seeking him and see the Lord respond and do something amazing in your life. I'm, uh, I've gone too long this morning, uh, but we're going to end this morning by receiving communion.